Around the world and across the ages, this is Podcast 22 of The Cavern Today for January 2007. The Cavern Today is an Uru Live fan presentation brought to you by the staff at The Cavern Today and Eater Card. It's in every age you want to be. This is Janathus. This is Anthony. Your hosts for this podcast. December has come and gone, and Uru Live isn't quite live yet, although we are now in an open beta phase with things looking better and better all the time. New things to do and see in Cavern are opening up to explorers, both by the DRC and also by Yisha. Changes in Cavern aren't restricted to elements of exploration. January has also seen the DRC liaison positions go from reduced staff to non-existent altogether. This ending has fortunately culminated in the beginning of yet another explorer-based initiative. It seems the Cavern is never lacking for fan-based activities and so much the better. Uru was made for people, and it's exciting to see so much activity in the cavern. In our 22nd regular podcast, we present for you the latest news from the cavern, some in-cavern news, tech news, a piece brought to us by Atex called Maria, Season 2, Episode 7 of The Journey of the Called, and finally a piece from our newest member, Sherry. For your listening enjoyment, here's Podcast 22. We now take you to Nareem for the news. Hello, this is Nareem in for Dolkin Starbine with this month's TCT News report. Due to a rare and bizarre planetary alignment in our solar system and its effects on the properties of certain as yet unidentified material in the rock around the cavern, the gravity in the city has seen a significant reduction. Explorers have subsequently been seen leaping around Gura, reaching heights that would ordinarily be unattainable. Some in their excitement have used this so-called super jump to reach presently closed areas of the city, areas that have not yet been cleared by the DRC and its group of restoration engineers. The DRC would like to remind explorers that such areas have so far remained closed for the explorers own safety, and so would ask that the community try to restrain itself and avoid leaping six feet tall barriers and other similar obstacles. These areas may contain dangerous items, particularly linking books and Bajro stones, all of which could be extremely hazardous. Explorers who are found to be exploiting the strange physics of the cavern will be officially warned. It is believed, however, that this strange turn of events is only temporary and will likely be resolved in the next few weeks. In other news, with the official commencement of the restoration scheduled to occur within the next few weeks, many of the individuals involved in making this happen have been spotted in the cavern on a regular basis. The DRC in particular have been making numerous appearances in the neighborhoods recently. Yet, one of the most interesting meetings to date was with Kate Alexander, who's been suspected to be pretty much everyone from a mere GameTap representative to Yisha's daughter. It seems that she is close to the former, however, after Kate met with several explorers in the beginner's neighborhood 
earlier in January. She revealed that she is in fact an independent backer who has invested heavily in the revival of the Dineen Restoration Project. She imparted information regarding the opening of the Courtyard, Canyon and Great Zero areas. However, the most interesting piece of information was that a new age was on the verge of being unveiled to the community. Unfortunately, both the opening of the Great Zero and this age seem to have been delayed for unknown reasons, a fact Miss Alexander seems displeased with, as witnessed at the ferry terminal two weeks ago via a series of exchanges between the community and Miss Alexander, and also between explorers and Victor Laxman, the DRC member in charge of the Great Zero Restoration. It is hoped that this will be resolved shortly, and these areas open very soon. In the meantime, speculation has been rife as to which age will actually be unveiled, with many suspecting it will be either Edith Dellen or Edith Sogal, both garden ages quite similar to the already discovered worlds of Edagira and Edekimo. This age will be the first available to the community since the original closure of the cavern three years ago, and so anticipation is extremely high. Finally, many more explorers are flooding into the cavern after the resolution of problems inhibiting registration of international explorers, whilst explorers from the United States and Canada were able to sign up for the restoration via GameTap's account server with relative ease. Explorers from several other countries that were also intended to have taken part in these preliminary stages of the restoration have been unable to do so. Fortunately, after much hard work by the various programmers and others involved in the online registration process, these problems have now largely been overcome, and so explorers from Australia, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Spain, Sweden and the United Kingdom can all now participate. Uh, the DRC hopes that as the restoration continues, people from even more countries will be able to join and make the exploration a truly international venture. Well, that's the news to this minute. Stay tuned during the coming weeks as the cabin restoration gets in the full swing and many new ages, books and other artifacts are uncovered and various events unfold. TCT News will be there to bring you the latest and greatest stories straight from the cavern. This is Nareem for The Cavern Today, signing off. Thank you, Nareem. And now a word from our sponsor. Hiking boots, $275. Backpack, $75. Dried foods, $35. Maps, $15. One honorary bottle of Pepsi, $1.79. Hanging out with new and old friends in cavern in the Nuru Live? Priceless. Edder card taken by shopkeepers all over Denny. We've had Dulkin Starbine on assignment, trying to put his finger on the pulse of the in-cavern community. Yes, and he looks to have found a few explorers who have something to say about one of our newest and most notable figures in the cavern. Hey there, this is Dalkin Starbine for the cavern today. A new figure has appeared recently in the cavern and her name is Kate Alexander. I took it upon myself to go see what some explorers think of Kate. 
And this is what Vid from the Ooh Obsession neighborhood had to say. Um, I have to say she makes me really uncomfortable so far. I'm afraid that she might be pushing our friend's DRC a little too hard, but I can understand her point of view. She wants to get things up and moving down here as soon as possible. And even though I'm a little uncomfortable with her attitude personally, I think people need to stop. Uh, I think for lack of better term, people need to stop picking on her so much. Otherwise, we're going to have a biblical situation. Someone comes down here and helps us out by organizing the funding and stuff, and we decide to crucify them for it. Along those lines, Kestrel, an independent explorer, commented, well, I think she's certainly a welcome addition to the DRC team. They need someone to kind of push them to do things. And um, I, I guess the uh, the real issue is going to be whether or not uh, she can connect with the explorers uh, because she seems to be more concerned about money, perhaps, than, uh, than uh, you know, the, the exploration of it all. Also, Kestrel added, uh, well, I, I think that what she's trying to do in pushing certain uh, certain agendas is, is important, uh, particularly in opening new ages and getting the Great Zero Reset. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I if I like the idea of getting rid of DRC liaisons, uh, we, but we haven't really given a chance for them to, to really try to function yet. Uh, there seems to be a lot of... Um, a lot of difficulties around that issue, and uh, I don't think she's really addressed those. Kate is so rarely seen, however, that some explorers, like Valdez, don't know for sure what to think. Hey, Alexander, um, I thought she was just a myth because people kept calling her Kate, and I didn't know who they were talking about for quite a while. Now I've figured out that people call her the evil part of the DRC. And she really pushes laxmen. Well, it looks like we'll have to wait and see what the future will reveal about the mysterious Kate. For now, this is Dalkin Starbine for the Cavern Today. Signing off. What? Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language is the word tech. As you Yanks like to say it over there in the colonies, which is short for technology, more accurately I refer to computer technology. I'm Sir Janathus. Sir, when did you get the... Your host for the second numeral of Old English Tech, and I bid you greetings and salutations. Today I'll be doing a comprehensive and mostly understandable review of all that is good and green in computer technology. Mostly? That's not even barely understandable. Good and green in computer technology? Where did you go on this British thing? To start, we'll talk about physics by Aja. It's physics by Aja. Personally, I find this add-in card to be superfluous when considered for use by any PC gamer whose most intense (laughs) physics experience is Uru. 
To be quite poignant, the implementations pimped by the card manufacturers tend to be wide-ranging, expansive effects. For instance, exploding petrol stations, lorries, or complex environs of that nature. Surely this expensive add-in card is unnecessary for simply kicking baskets, rocks, or coons around. I'll be skipping on that recommendation to be certain. Yes, yes. Cheerio. Yeah, what my friend here, who seems to be Britannizing, is trying to say is it's not worth the money for what you get for Uber. On to video. My recommendations are very simple. It needs to have the name Radeon or GeForce in the name, and some 9s or 6s. If you get both of those bases, you're good. Yeah, you might want to be a little more specific. I don't see As how. I'll show you how. With the GeForce, 7600, 7900, 6600, 6800, and cards in between will be good. Yes, they're sixes. Yeah. With the Radeon, 1600, 1900, 1950. Yes, sixes and, and nines. Sixes and nines. Oh, wait, I've got you on this one. <laughs> and the. X800 Radeon will be just fine for Uru 2. Well, yes, that would, but that is old tech. And, you know, that's even older than old English tech, so I, I would stick with the 1000 series. Really with the older than the old English tech. Anyhow, on to CPU. Very simple recommendation, two is better, for if one CPU is good then two is certainly better, which is ironic since both of my recommendation includes twos in the names of the processors. Yeah, the Athlon 64X2 or the Core 2 Duo. X2 you know. or the Core 2 Duo, yes, yes. On to memory. One gigabyte is good for Windows Vista or or, or, or even both. One gigabyte is enough, yes. Yeah, but two gigabytes better. It gives you more memory to be able uh, to do things you, you want to. You just need that if you're going to run that god-awful thing called Vista. Yes, yes. Not just Vista, but you yourself said you liked Vista. Surgeon Athos has never said such a thing. I need you to show me the proof. I believe there is none. And well, I can that show is you the, the end of on the second and that is the end of ye second numero of Old English Tech. You needn't worry, I've now told you all you'll ever need to know. You may now discontinue seeking out Old English Tech segments, as there will be no more. That's right, there'll never be another ye Old English Tech segment again. And no way did you tell them everything they're ever going to know. But tune in next time for TCT Tech version 2.1. Or maybe 2.0, as this hardly counts as 2.0. So, be sure to be there. Hopefully, I'll have Janathus strained out by then. Maybe. This is Anthony, signing out. Or some might call him Rudolph. And this is Sir Janathus, signing off. Now that I'm free of Sir Janathus, let's unwind a bit with this piece brought to us by Atex.
Please put down your book and listen patiently. I've got something to tell you that won't come easily. That trips out the Tugging at my heart and weighing on my mind. Please don't ask me to explain any such attempt.
Thank you, Atex, for that great piece. Without further ado, we bring you Episode 7 of The Journey of the Called Season 2. Okay, so I bet you were a little lost. After all, John had explained why Glenn acted as he did. But there's only so much a man can take, and I really don't like people who act like he does. Anyway, we all decided to link to the Unknown Age, even though me and Glenn were on pretty bad terms at this time. And when we arrived, well, you'll see. Wow, this place is... Rather dark. Well, yeah, yeah, but aside from that, it looks to be of some unknown design. I don't recognize it. Could it be some kind of control room? Yeah, it looks to be that way. Look at this window. It's not really like glass. Yeah, it's uh, some kind of crystalline substance, maybe? It could be something like the shield in Narayan. Oh, I think you're right. Except this seems more like a... Well, it seems like a more advanced version. Yeah, I agree. Alright, here's a question for you. No doors, and there's no linking books here. How are we supposed to get out? The same way we do every time, Glenn. <laughs> I knew where that came from. Ah, oh, brother. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's start finding that puzzle solution. Hey, Jeff, when was the last time you explored a new age? Now, I guess it was back at Urkana. Urkana, the only age you go to and claim it was your summer vacation. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Guys, over here. I think I found something. Did he just call us over without insulting us? I believe so. Maybe he's decided to be pleasant for a change. Would you two shut up and get over here? <laughs> coming! Ah, coming, coming. <laughs> Alright, I think I found the controls for this room. Take a look at these devices. Oh, looks like we were right then. These are of similar design to the Narayan Crystal Shield device. Now all we have to do is figure out how it works. I'll handle that. I know all about these kinds of things. Plus, I'll bet I'm a bit better at this than both of you guys combined. Well, that was almost a compliment. <laughs> so, as you can see, things were getting interesting. This unknown age was a real mystery. At this time, we had no idea what kind of place we'd landed in. We would learn soon enough, and as much as I hate to admit it, Glenn was right. He did know more about the device than we did. But please, don't tell him I said that. Alright, as far as I can tell, these shields protect that room. But they do something else, too, and I can't quite figure out what. So, uh, what do you think? Well, I think it works through this control panel here. The only thing that worries me is we might accidentally deactivate the shield protecting this room, and if that happens... Oh, the pressure could kill us. Yeah, plus, we don't know if the air is toxic or not. Well, I say give it a try. Whatever. I mean, if we don't do anything, we're, we're gonna die anyway. <laughs> so we tinkered and pushed, and, well, surprisingly, we found one control that moved the platform under it up a ways. But of course, it stopped due to some sort of locks. So now we knew that this device could raise something. But the question was, how could we release those locks? Okay, I got it. Why do I doubt it? Well, before Glenn interrupted me, we knew that this side of the control panel operates this platform, so it makes sense that the other side controls those devices. 
So here is my thought. Somehow the devices, whatever they are, in this platform work as one unit. Now look at this panel. It appears to be a flow regulator of some sort, so my theory would be that we've either got to tune each control to a specific frequency, or match them all up to the same frequency. Well, well, well. Look who has some fancy technical skills after all. Thank you, Glenn. I'll give it a try. After all, I am a master of this kind of thing. Then, by all means. Well, he tried this, he tried that, and then, after three hours of work... Got it! Now, what followed was a truly amazing sight. Suddenly, all the devices in the room lit up, and the room filled with a blinding light that lasted for only a minute. And then the platform began to lift up, and the ceiling opened, and when we reached the top, we saw that the clouds had disappeared, and there was a flight of stairs leading down to the ground. Well done, John. Wow, I'm impressed. Would you be a bit more cheerful? Don't you two start up again. I'll consider trying. That's all I ask. Wow, this place is amazing. This is the first age I've been to that's so, well, nature-like. Yeah, same here. Oh, do you feel that? What? It feels like the ground is moving. Oh, so you felt it too? So why are we here anyways? You know, this place is starting to look familiar. Been here before? Well, no, but I've seen it before in Ty's journals. You went through his journals? Some friend you are. We were in a situation that... Oh, never mind. The point is that this place is called Najian, the Island Age. I remember now. Island Age? I don't know anything else. He simply mentioned an age of islands, and he had a key picture of this very place. Hmm, so why would he send us here? I don't know, but if I understand Ty, he has sent us here either to find something or to learn something. So now we have to find or learn what that is. Alright. Well, if this is an age of islands, then where are the other islands? Uh, above you? Huh? Look up. What the? No, that's just impossible. Apparently not. How does he expect us to get up there? And to any other islands for that matter? Hey there, everyone. I'm Sherry, and I'm new here at the cavern today. And today, I'm going to sort of introduce myself by sharing something that has been cooking up in my brain for quite some time. And it's called Paul Harvey, Andy Rooney, and good old-fashioned common sense. This afternoon, I was stumbling around on the internet because I'm truly sick and tired of what's going on in another MMOE that I'm a part of. And I happened upon a news story on Yahoo. And below in the corner was a link to Andy Rooney's clips from 60 Minutes. In this wonderful six-pack of common sense, he took a look at everything, from the president's staff to how truly ugly power lines are. He has such a comical and dry wit that you kind of have to laugh over the fact that things are just so plainly obvious, but none of us ever bother to think about it. Growing up, 
I would get the rare treat of having my father take me to school. My father is not a tall man. He's only about five foot eight, but he says he's shrinking now. Now, I don't know about all that, but my father will always be a giant to me. The one thing that would keep him a tall man in my mind were the happiest days of my childhood, those rare trips to school when we would get into his truck and he would turn on the radio when we'd listen to K-Buck Radio and Paul Harvey. Now, Paul Harvey is that same brand of humor. It's dry and filled with common sense. I always found it a treat when Dad would turn on the radio and you'd hear that familiar line, And that's the rest of the story. Dad and I would laugh all the way to school. Well, that made me think about my life and how some of the things I see every day are really common sense things that people are tripping over. Common sense is the rock in the road that they stumble on, yet they don't bother to look down to see exactly what they've tripped on or wonder how they came to be face down on the ground in the first place. You know, isn't that the thing about common sense? It isn't all that common. So, in Paul Harvey and Andy Rooney fashion, I'm going to try to pick on some of the common sense things that people trip on. I'll start with one that I'm sure you'll agree that most people just can't quite seem to avoid. Drama. Now, I don't know exactly why people can't avoid this nasty bugger. Or maybe it's just this. Someone way up on a hill who thinks they know better than everyone else see people below them traversing a road, along with the people they see an ant that they think shouldn't be there. And it's just walking along traversing the road with everyone else. So they decide it would be wonderful to kill that little bitty ant, because it would be a public service that it is such an eyesore and a pest, and most importantly, because that particular ant supposedly bit them. So... They put a stick underneath the boulder that they are standing next to and heave the huge rock onto the ant below. While they might enjoy seeing the rock roll down the hill and get a real thrill out of the anticipation of the death of the ant, they don't think of the wake of destruction it would leave during its trip down to the road, bringing even more rocks and dirt with it, all raining down on the people that are politely minding their own business. No one knows that someone was just trying to kill that little bitty ant on the side of the road. It's just that those pesky people minding their own business got in the way. Tell that to the people who got squished when the boulder landed on top of them, and the fact that the little bitty ant that started it all got missed altogether. He just keeps walking down the road. What's worse is that the people who rolled the boulder down the hill in the first place, they get missed. They don't even get a finger shaking at them for starting the whole mess. And everyone else who has no idea what's going on just end up concentrating on screaming about the boulder in the middle of the road. So, would it not make sense to figure out why and how the boulder got there in the first place? I would think so, but then again, I'd just keep walking and go around the boulder. But you know what? That's just me, of course. Before we go, thanks go out to those age juniors who interviewed with Dalkin. We'd also like to thank Atex for allowing us to play that piece he brought to us, and we're also really grateful to the, for the continued use of LCC's music for our podcasts. And finally, we must express our gratitude to all our fans and listeners. Thanks for listening. It really means a lot to us. That brings us to the end of Podcast 22. We hope you've enjoyed it.